Thanks for joining me today as we discuss the future of AI using robots in space. Welcome to your online coffee break, where we discuss bite-sized topics that inspire, educate, and entertain. Here's your host, a software innovator, award-winning marketer, and astronomy and space buff, Chuck Fields. In this episode, we speak with Jeremy Grimmett, the founder and CEO of Rogue Space Systems. Rogue is a new space startup company that is creating orbital robots, or Orobots that will repair and service satellites using artificial intelligence. Their new service will increase satellite lifespans, reducing the need to replace expensive space assets by repairing them. Their first Orbot, named Laura, is scheduled to launch in early 2022, to be followed later in 2022 and 2023 by Orbots Fred, Charlie, and Bob. Online Coffee Break. So how are you doing, Chuck? It's nice to meet you. Jeremy, it's nice to meet you too. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate this. It's no problem. Thanks for having me, uh, inviting me. Um, well, I'm excited about what you guys are doing. Um, I, I wanted to, to kind of go back. I, I love to ask our audience, you know, um, how did your space journey begin? Because obviously I know you came from you know, IT, but where's your passion for space? Where'd that come from? I mean, everybody's story kind of starts the same kind of way, right? When I was a little kid, you know, whenever yeah. I was a kid, um, I, you know, I was a big space nerd and, um, it was something that I always wanted to be into. It's something I always wanted to do. It's something I always wanted to be a part of, but, um, like many people today, e even today, they don't realize exactly how close space is right. and they don't realize how I'm not going to say easy, but they don't realize um, that it, it's very much within their grasp to become a part of it. And it really doesn't take very much to do so. Uh, so it, it took me a while to get to that, to that point. And it's kind of started off uh, my, my, um, repassionization, I, so to speak, uh, uh, that kind of occurred, uh, while I was taking course at school oh, really? and I, yeah, I wrote a, I wrote a research paper and on, uh, it was on cooperation in space. Oh, nice. I came across a statistic that said that the government in 2000, the U S government in 2017 tracked something like 300,000 potential debris strikes. Right. That got me thinking, I was like, someone has to be solving this problem. And while there are a lot of people that are trying to figure out how to solve that problem, no one was actually solving the problem. Didn't that surprise so, you? It's shocking. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's absolutely, utterly, completely, totally shocking. So um, I went to the MIT Space Conference and learned how accessible and how, and I'm, again, I'm not going to say how easy, but right. that there was a path for someone like me to get into space. And I walked out and set a course and just started executing. That was it. Well, I tell you, it's impressive because you, you come so far in a short time. Uh, my understanding, I know there's probably a lot more that went into it. 
but you officially sort of started up, I guess it's been a year. Yep. If that, yep. and your team about- is growing and already you have plans to actually start achieving some of your goals as soon as next year. So yep. tell, tell us a little bit more just about the purpose behind rogue space systems. Expand human capability in space. That's it. I mean, simple. Uh, we build and space. Defined. Yeah, uh, we we build space robots. Uh, it's easier to put robots in space than it is human beings. And we leave the human being part to NASA, SpaceX, Blue Origin. We let those guys figure that stuff out. Um, what we want to do is we want to. Uh, solve problems in space with robotic capability um, and thereby extending our own human capability in space, Um, building the companions that we're going to need in space for humans. Um, We're not there today, but I believe that we will be. Um, It's on the horizon. It's something we can do. Uh, It's not, uh, it may not happen tomorrow, next year, or, year after that, but that's the kind of thing that we're going after. Um, hmm. that, that's, that's what I see on the horizon for us. Well, see, and one thing too, it, that blows me away. I mean, in addition to all the objects they're tracking, I mean, there's just no capability for currently right now, you send satellite up, if the, it won't power on your host, um, if it gets hit by space debris and disabled your host. So it, the whole operatum from this point backwards is, mm-hmm. oh, we just got to replace that satellite, leave it up there. If it's still orbiting, we can't do anything about it. Uh, so we have right. to replace it. But you guys are like taking recycling to the ultimate level because you're like, no, let's, let's see if we can fix this thing. Yeah. And what's, what's really interesting about this whole thing is that, so we started off talking about space debris, right? That that's, that was the that was Rogue's initial foray into the space uh, market, and what we quickly realized ain't nobody paying nobody to do anything about space debris. So there isn't any money in space debris. So I can't run a business when ain't there ain't nobody around to go and pay the damn bill. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we had to not necessarily pivot, but we had to go and start working on other things. And what we did is was like, okay, we're going to develop technology that's agnostic where it could be used for space debris, or it could be used for satellite servicing, or it could be used for whatever. Okay. So we keep space debris kind of in the back of our mind. We're ready for it. But it's not our focus. So in that way, we started getting traction. Oh, you can go and do observation and inspection of a space asset. Yeah, we can do that. Great. That's interesting. Oh, you can watch us construct uh, our space station. Yes, we can do that. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's do that. Um, You know, you can help, you know, jiggle that was an actual request by the way you can help jiggle this thruster to get it to deploy so that we don't lose 50 percent of the capability on that space on that satellite yeah we can do stuff like that that's interesting space debris nobody was interested Hmm. with all this other stuff 
transport. Transport was a huge one. Taking something from a uh, LEO-capable orbit, right. okay, so like taking a launch vehicle and extending its capability out to, to MEO and GEO, mm -hmm. that was really interesting. So in all of these areas, we were very well aligned to what the market actually needed. Now we have letters of intent. Now we have people that are willing to try and pay us. Now we have interest from Space Force. Now we have, you know, so the ball starts rolling and now we're in a pretty good place. And uh, now it's just a matter of raising all the funding and, and getting some of these getting some of these LOIs into contracts and things like that. So see, I think that's fantastic. And, and congratulations so far, you've done a wonderful funding drive on this. And I, I just, I love your timeline and I love your term Orbots. Uh, and yeah. I even love the names of them. You know, we got Laura, Fred and Charlie. Um, and a Bob I, I know, here pretty soon. Oh, Bob. There's a Bob. We <laughs> haven't, we haven't put him out yet, but yeah, he's strictly orbital transport. There is a Bob, and there was even a uh, discussion for Ruben. So, okay, a Ruben, which is just an even bigger transport version. To, it's I gotta ask you, where do the names come from? Are these are these employees, families, friends, or Fa family? <laughs> it's uh, so uh, Laura was after my mother. She passed away a couple mm -hmm. years ago now. Sorry to hear that. Uh, my yeah, she's uh, she, what well, a she was my adoptive mother. Uh, and she was always watching. So it was very, it oh, was correct. very synergistic. Um, Fred is after one of my co-founders. Um, uh, his uh, father-in-law passed away. That was Fred. Charlie was named after another co-founder's uh, father. He just passed away last year, I think. Um, so it's, we try to, we try to attach, you know, some names, uh, Bob, another co-founder, his uh, his father actually did trolley cars, and so wow. it was very it was very cohesive to attach Bob to uh, to to the uh, strict transport spacecraft only. So, and we wanted to humanize the names, right? Because mm -hmm. you you see all these systems that go up, and you have you know Psyche and you know Geo something another, and you have yeah. you know Sibbers, and you have all these. Uh, names for all these different spacecraft and you know part of our mantra is we want to extend human capability in space so why don't we give our orbots a name you know why don't we give them a real name uh instead of something kind of ethereal and make it personalized so yeah uh, that's that's kind of philosophy that we've gone with I think that's wonderful. What a wonderful tribute to. And I, I do want to, let's talk about Laura. I mean, I know obviously sure. dear to your mom, but Laura, it's a 12, it's a CubeSat. Um, basically the mission inspect, monitor and observe and yep. rough timeline is, is, it's the first one on the list, I believe. Can you tell yep. us a little bit more about that and just describe what an Orbot is to our audience who has no idea? Well, an Orbot is, um, it's an orbital robot. It's a space robot. So we took or and bought robot and we smashed them together and the patent and trademark office said that <laughs> no one had that <laughs> in terms of uh space so we were like hey <laughs> there you go we're, we're taking that and people people really like it it's an orbital robot because they're not really um 
they're not they're satellites and technically they are satellites but they're more robots uh, because they have maneuverability they have capability they they're doing they're not staying in one place mm-hmm. um, which presents a lot of design and engineering challenges um, so I don't know how you know uh, educated, you know, your, your user pop, your viewership is about how place. satellites work. But whenever you're designing a satellite, you know exactly where you're going, exactly what you're doing, exactly what you're looking at, exactly what you're pointed at, exactly how long you got to be there. You know, I mean, you know, almost everything you need to know, you know, up front. Well, usually for our sake, in our use case, we don't know the damn thing. We don't know nothing. We don't know right. where we're going, what we're doing, how, what we got to look like. We don't know how long we got to be there. We don't know nothing. Wow. So yeah. it's like, okay, so design something that can do that. Well, what the hell do you want us to do? Well, we don't know exactly, but you just need to be able to do it. Wow. Well, <laughs> so what that we just, just engineers must have their head must have just exploded on that one because it's like, how can I well, design? What are the specifications? And, and yeah, I, I love what it, I love how you guys responded though because you have this unique thrust and positioning system. They understand it has four times the normal amount of efficiency. Just can you give us a brief synopsis? How does that work? So, what the way so there is no the one thing that we quickly realize is that there is no one single solution that's going to solve all problems. Right. Period. So what we said was, why are we trying to design a system that's going to solve everything when in fact that doesn't make any sense. And our design methodology is totally contrary to way that it's normally done in space because you typically have all of these specific details. We don't have that. So we had to build a, an agnostic utilitarian Swiss army knife type of, Love that. Of, of, of different types of systems to go and execute missions. Um, so that's kind of the approach that we took with it. Normally a 12 U cube set, which is, you know, 20 by 20 by 30 centimeters. Mm-hmm. That's just this tiny little cube set that really doesn't do much of anything except for point, And it's got some pretty cool capability. Well, ours, it's got full six axis control. It can maneuver. It can change orbits. I mean, it can go all over the place. It's wow. actually a little zippy. Uh, so it, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. Uh, now it doesn't have massive amounts of delta v because well you've you've only got you know you've only got thirty centimeters man right. I mean it, it it's basically a, a big shoebox so um, we crammed as much capability to it as we could and we picked out sensors and we picked out things that was like you know what if we wanted to do structural analysis. Well, what do you use for structural? Well, you use LIDAR, you use lasers, you do, you use maybe millimeter resolution radar. Um, you would use something like, um, you know, hyperspectral cameras, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So that's what we put in it. 
it's like, okay, this sounds like a pretty good observation tool set. And so that's what LARA is, is it's an observation, close proximity operating orbital robot. Mm -hmm. Now, all the technology, all the capability, everything, the artificial intelligence that we built for it, the, all of this stuff iterates and goes into the next orbot. So all the exact same sensors just get put into a different form factor. Hmm. So that would be Charlie or Fred um, or Bob. They all get the exact same sensor set. We're just changing the form factor and then scaling up the propulsion. So it drives our costs down overall, and it makes iterating between the different versions pretty simple. Um, and it makes them quite utilitarian. Very smart. You mentioned artificial intelligence. Can you give us just an example of, of how AI is going to be used in the robots? So the, the, we call it ASOP. Um, mm. It's artificial intelligence enabled, enabled sensory observation platform. I think that's the thing. Okay. Um, I think that's the acronym. Um, the way that it, the, 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 one of the uh, modules of ASOP is our close proximity operation and, uh, AI. So what we had to do is we had to design what's effectively a safety system because doing close proximity operations, any kind of contact with another object in space is potentially disastrous. So what we've done is we've designed an AI that's capable of taking all the various sensor inputs, tracing, translating that into, um, into uh, uh, maneuvering capability mm -hmm. and sending that information into the flight computer to say, hey, fire that RCS thruster. We're getting a little close. Our laser vibrometer. So we designed... We, we've designed a laser vibrometer. And what that is, is it's a stethoscope for space. Hmm. So you can't hear anything in space. So you can sit there and you can bang on the side of a satellite all you want, but you ain't going to hear nothing. Right. Well, let's say something does bang inside of that satellite. Okay. Let's say there is a kerchunk or something. Hmm. Well, you're not going to hear it. So what we can do is we can monitor it using a laser vibrometer and listen to it. And then we pick up the vibrations off of that, 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 that target, off that asset. And then we can make a determinate, well, that wasn't right, back off. Okay, something was wrong there. Or we can use it to do analysis on the power hum. So like take your ear, put it up against the wall at your house. What do you hear? You hear this hum. And that's the power that's running inside the house. Well, why can't we analyze the power signature using the sound, the vibration? Well, you can. So now we have a space stethoscope. Okay. Wow. Um, we're doing some really neat little things. You know, it's just, there's nothing like mind blowing. There's nothing like Star Trek, Star Wars type of stuff. It's just simply cool, neat little gadgets that we've pounded into this little 12U satellite that makes it such a cool and extremely capable system. It's, it's really awesome. See, I love that. And, and it may not be Star Wars or something out of sci-fi, but I think by taking all those different pieces and putting them together, 
you do get something, certainly something that hasn't been done before. So it's right. kind of interesting. And it was probably way too soon to even answer this one, but I know you have a lot going on. Do you guys have launch providers worked out yet? Or is that going to come later? Yeah. On? Yeah. We've, so we've not announced our, our first, uh, we're going to do a ride share program, mm-hmm. um, but it's not announced yet. Uh, sure. Trisha will absolutely kill me if I, if I do to say too much about it, sure. uh, but that's coming out very soon. Excellent. Um, we have a couple of contracts that we're looking to get signed. Actually, I think as early as next week, some more will be coming out about that. Great. Um, great. But, uh, you know, right now we're targeting some DOD, um, uh, some DOD uh, space test program launches uh, for next year. We think we're in pretty good shape for that. Uh, that'll put Laura in orbit. And uh, we've identified a few targets that we want to go check out. Ooh. So, yeah, we're, we're coordinating. There's a lot of coordination uh, that has to go on in order for you to do stuff like that. And we're working through all those things. So yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. Jeremy, that is so exciting. I just want to wish you and your team at Rogue Space the best of luck. We're so excited about this. I'll put links to your website and social media in the notes for this, but Jeremy, again, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, Chuck. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, uh, anything I can do to help anybody uh, answer questions, uh, I'm always happy to try and lend a hand where I can. Online Coffee Break. Well, I really enjoyed my conversation with Jeremy today, and I'm really excited about the future for Rogue Space Systems. If you'd like to learn more, just visit their website at rogue.space. I want to thank Jeremy for joining us today. I want to thank you for joining us as well. Again, we'd love it if you'd like this episode or share it with a friend. We certainly appreciate that. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time. God bless.